Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. I want my land. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. And good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel 3CRs. Look at the Australian film industry, and today we're going to be focusing on a short film called Smash, which comes out of South Australia from thousands of submissions across the globe. The South Australian produced short film Smashed is going to world premiere at the 67th Biennale in Berlin International Film Festival as we speak. And uh, I got to speak to the producer of uh, Smashed, who is part of a production unit over in South Australia, oh, well, a company, basically, uh, They, um, which is an Adelaide creative collective, Snake Pit Media. They've made a variety of short films. This is part of a trilogy, Smashed, and... Um, Michael Clarkin is an award-winning creative producer and not only were we able to get an idea about Smashed but but Michael also gave us a sort of a an entree into what a working producer film producer actually does a bit of the nuts and bolts but before we get into the first part of our chat with Michael Clarkin you've got to remember to subscribe Subscribe to your award-winning independent community radio, bringing you coverage of community issues and events. This is Beta Base Camp. Welcome to the Little Red Tulangi Treehouse. As you said, I'm going to the East West Tunnel ticket, as it usually does, starts at 5.30am. The Lincoln Melbourne Authority have come here in the middle of the night and set up another drill rig here on Gold Street. The police were pretty keen to defend that with all their resources this morning. And I think for Australians... In order to know ourselves, really fully know ourselves, in order to mature, we need to understand Aboriginal culture. We need to embrace it and realise that in coming here, you're now part of the longest continuing culture in the world. We need your support. Subscribe today. Call 94198377 now. And don't forget to say that you're subscribing because you heard it on Showreel because we've got to muster up four new subscribers. It's not a lot. And if you're enjoying Showreel over the number of years that we've been on and you want to continue to listen to Showreel, then you really should. It's it's actually financially probably one of the cheapest and most fulfilling things that you could do to subscribe to 3CR. Anyway, let's get on with our chat with Michael Clarkin. 
fascinating. Smashed was the short film that's been going off to Berlin and uh, Michael tells us a little bit about that but also about his job as a producer. I guess the the genesis for pitching a film to Berlin was I was involved in a, a low-budget feature film that did some did quite well locally within Australia and won some awards and one of the awards was a trip to Rotterdam for the International Film Festival, but specifically for the European cinema, the market that takes place alongside the Rotterdam Film Festival. And Rotterdam and Berlin um, almost run consecutively. So, you know, the logic was you make the effort to uh, head to Europe. So we may as well stick around for an extra week and attend Berlin and the European film market, which is, you know, the first major European market for film uh, in the calendar year. Screen Australia have a fantastic presence at Berlin. They have a booth. It's almost like a little cafe for Australians at the European film markets. If you're an Aussie, you're able to take advantage of their generous Wi-Fi uh, data package and um, there are tables there so you can schedule meetings with colleagues. Spending a bit of time at the Screen Australia uh, facility. Uh, I was invited by a Sydney producer, Anne-Marie Bell, to attend one of the international premiere of one of her productions, which was included in the Generations stream program. And Generations focuses on children and, and teenagers. And so when I was applying for Media Resource Centre funding, and the Media Resource Centre, the Melbourne equivalent is um, the Open Channel. So it's it's like a feeder for the South Australian Film Corporation in the same way that uh, Open Channel is, uh, is almost like a feeder for Film Victoria. When I was putting together uh, the funding application for Smashed, one of the requirements was to do a, a festival marketing plan. And given that we had those coming-of-age aspects in our film, um, Berlin was, uh, at that point, it was a pipe dream when you're, you know, for reasons beyond your control because everybody's busy, including your uh, your key collaborators. Oftentimes, with the, with funding applications and filmmakers out there would be able to empathise with this, the bulk of it. You're not about to tell us, Michael, that you imagined and made it up. You were imagining no, the best possible no. outcomes? Well, that was the best possible outcome, and it was also consistent with the funding guidelines for the Media Resource Centre's Next Step initiative. Yeah, where no, it's they great. did want films to be able to play at major national and international festivals. So at that point, it was a pipe dream. I went, uh, I think it was close to 48, 72 hours having to. Uh, work on our um, our application and do a producer's pass on the script where I accentuated the coming-of-age aspects, introduced uh, an unrequited love uh, subplot, and that became quite integral in the finished film to the, the motivations of these young guys. And You work in a team, don't you? you you're, um, you're the producer in a team, a creative collective called Snake Pit Media, You've worked on several projects, haven't you? Yes, I've, I've worked, uh, like a lot of people in the industry, a lot of 
producers coming through the ranks. I've worked on other projects while, you know, trying to maintain development on my own slate of productions. The film Wolf Creek was effectively like my professional introduction to filmmaking and that was really film school for me. So in terms of Wolf Creek, I was having to organise closing down highways in the Flinders Ranges for some of those car chase sequences at the end of the film and of course with Smash where we were shooting in the Adelaide Hills uh, night shoots, you know, I was those skills that I learned on Wolf Creek in terms of liaising with local and state government and the South Australian police and making sure that the tedious things like that hopefully, you know, people who are watching the film aren't going to think about these things because they'll get lost in the story and character. Things like making sure the uh, traffic signage is Australian standard and that the traffic controllers have Australian standard high-vis reflective vests. Uh, you know, these are some of those kind of aspects that go into producing and line producing that. Sometimes, you know, even well-educated members of the general public aren't aware of. I've had many a frustrating conversation at dinner parties where I'm explaining that um, I have a commerce degree and that it has great utility within being um, in the media, being a, an aspiring film producer. And, you know, with people who seem, you know, reasonably well-travelled with decent life experience, they just have blank looks on the fa their faces and, you know, you have to explain to them, you know, the amount of time I spend contracting. One example I use is as a former graduate accountant that when you're doing a film budget, uh, just watch even a low-budget Australian film, watch the credits, and when you're doing a film budget, every line in those credits has to be accounted for. Also, you know, when you're in production on a film, the cost reports uh, to your uh, relevant stakeholders have to reflect those lines against the uh, budgeted figures. You started off as a uh, commerce student, yeah, and you then moved on to a Bachelor of Arts Screen Studies. How did you get that bug? Because you're completely right. If you didn't have the business skills, films just would not be made unless, you know, it was just one person deciding that they were going to do it and nobody got paid, right? Yeah, well, for me... Um when I got to high school and you started having discussions with uh, career counsellors, I was also starting to read biographies on Hollywood filmmakers and possibly naively um, I was attracted to the role of the producer. I figured even you know, at the age of 12 or 13, the process behind producers acquiring properties in terms of novels working with writers to develop the screenplay and then selecting a director and, and seeing that project, getting the finance, seeing that project through to completion. That really appealed to my sensibilities from a very young age and, and that was my inspiration for uh, enrolling in a commerce degree. And then I went and, and studied a little bit of screen studies and all of my friends were commencing... Um, graduate accounting jobs or finance positions and earning a little bit of coin. So I started, I felt like I was missing out, so I went and uh, went into the workforce, worked at a, a small accounting firm, really disliked it, didn't really um, feel inspired at all, went back to screen studies, but then 
I started working with some guys, um, and this is in the early days of digital video cameras, where cameras which were would cost maybe a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars uh, were able to produce broadcast quality back in the standard definition days. You know, we were able to make feature films back then. We had to book digital projectors, but we were able to you know make it quite a quite an impact within South Australia in terms of um, being able to generate an audience for those films and booking out um, commercial cinemas that were, at that point in time, screening Hollywood films. I started working with uh, David Lightfoot, who was the producer of Wolf Creek, on a few projects. And as they say, you know, the rest is history. My name is Pat Bisk. I'm a documentary filmmaker. I've made lots of films like Rocking the Foundations, For All the World to See, Love, Marriage in Kabul, uh, and many more. Show your love, subscribe today to 3CR. That's right. Do what Pat says. Subscribe to 3CR and keep Showreel on air. At the moment, we're uh, listening to Michael Clarkin. Michael Clarkin grew up wanting to be a film producer. Usually people grow up thinking, I'm going to make a film, and then they become a producer. But no, this man is a person who's quite focused on the business side of making films. So let's continue. Uh, the reason for why I was talking to Michael was because there's a short film called Smashed. came out of South Australia, part of his uh, production team, uh, the production team called Snake, Snake Pit Creative Collective, Snake Pit Media from Adelaide, and uh, they shot above their weight. They uh, they kicked above their weight. They uh, put their names down for a particular part of the Berlin Film Festival, which is on right at the moment, and uh, they were selected, and it's having its world premiere in Berlin. You couldn't ask for anything better, could you? But anyway, Michael uh, lifted the curtain on what it's like to be an aspiring and successful producer. So, Michael. As is the South Australian way, I've worked in several departments. I've worked as a a location manager. I've worked as an assistant director. I've worked with the art department generating product placement for films that have had a material impact on production values by enabling in that instance, the director and producer to book the Steadicam operator for extra days. <laughs> so yeah. coming from South Australia, being a small market, you do have to swap your hats a lot. That's good for you oh, in definitely. your role because it gives you a real understanding of what's going on. Definitely. And also through a Churchill Fellowship, I was able to go and work with Ted Hope, who was one of my... Uh, Inadvertently, he was one of my heroes. Like, I was very fond of the films that he produced. Dan Carey, who's also a sensational creative producer. Yeah, what, what did you find out when you went over to America? Because the films that they've uh, been involved in is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and 21 Grams. What, they're very successful. What I did find when I was there, which was already in 2007, and it feels not quite yesterday, maybe the day before yesterday. The last decade's gone in the blink of an eye. At that point in time, where their business model was like a mini Hollywood business model where every year they were working to produce four features. So the idea was over a course of two years, eight feature films would be produced. One would be a breakout hit that would be able to maintain the... uh, company as a going concern but even when I was there the uh, production had had slowed down somewhat and 
you know, what we did later learn is that in terms of independent film, there were a couple of cataclysmic events. Uh, one was piracy, so the same with the music business. If you look back to the advent of broadband internet where, you know, large data files, media files were able to be transferred, that really hit the bottom line of not just independent film producers, but also I've met people who used to run large recording studios in Los Angeles and, you know, at about the same time, their businesses started to suffer. So if you look at the global financial crisis and the barriers of entry, like I was discussing with the films that I was involved with, so cameras became cheaper, so there was a lot of content. So all of these kind of factors conspired to that even, you know, these people who were pioneering independent filmmakers and Margaret Pomeranz describes Ted and his former business partner, James Seamus, as the, the heroes of American cinema. So if the economy and other factors, technology, conspired to... Uh, um, Undermine them. I guess to... Uh, yeah, to, to break the business models of the heroes of American cinema who've got you know, access to fantastic writers, directors and and uh, cast, it goes to show that it, it makes it a lot difficult for for people that, you know, for people that are coming through. It does make it show that it's, it's very difficult to break into the industry. And for us, a selection like Berlin is, is absolutely huge because while there is a, a move towards content creators in terms of reporting to government, it's a lot easier to report, you know, say, X thousand or X million YouTube views compared to something like a film festival selection where a quantifiable success is only, you know, is down to really a handful of, of festivals around the world and around the country. At this point in time, I haven't seen somebody cross over from being, say, a YouTube sensation to being a, a credible filmmaker and you know, for an unknown property, the opportunity cost and the risk factor for somebody even wanting to devote a couple of hours to a film that's not based on a, a comic book or a, a video game franchise, you know, that it... Well, yeah, I, I guess the, the key to that, what you're saying, is that unknown property. And with this kind of selection at Berlin Festival, you become less unknown. Is that what you're saying? You know, we're in a business of opinions, so as a creative producer, it, it, it validates my opinion, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, in yeah. In terms of my sensibility, in terms of my choice of material and the, the choice of creatives that I've um, engaged on this project. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening.
That's right. Be like Kim Salmon and support 3CR. You'd be really sorry if we weren't here. That's right. We're going. You're on Showreel with Annie on 3CR, your radio station. And we're going to finish off my little chat with Michael Clarkin, who gives us a real eye-opener's view, or uh, a real eye-opener to uh, what a producer does. And, I mean, he's a man that lives and breathes being a film producer. I've made the decision with Smash because I knew that it was going to be an undertaking that would take a lot of time, and time is money. Um, even the opportunity cost. We're just overwhelmed. We had such a positive response uh, from the uh, the talent agents and the actors, but that also meant that with guys like Toby Wallace and Harrison Gilbertson who were constantly working, we had such a small window to to produce a film. Sent the scripts out to the agents before Christmas 2015. We got positive responses in the second week of January, but that just left us with two weeks pre-production. And as, as you you can appreciate, I mean, we were crewed up to a similar level as a low-budget feature film, so you're looking at, you know, 30 to 40 people on set. In terms of event management, every day you're having to cater for 30 and 40 people, ensure there are you know, toilet facilities, ensure there's, you know, adequate parking and if not, um, organise parking spaces and car ferrying services and, and all those kind of um, logistical issues. So we had two weeks to turn it around with not very much money. It's, uh, yeah, it can be uh, quite challenging and, you know, it does mean that uh, during the production there were lots of cups of coffee consumed and, um, lack of sleep during pre-production and production. And, and one of the things that happened during production, which is a kind of Murphy's Law scenario, was uh, we had to abandon shoot. We initially had a three-day shoot, and I had the actors held for a fourth day. So any uh, aspiring producers out there will know that if you engage actors for three days for a shoot, you may as well engage them for five days it's, it's cheaper to do that in terms of a daily rate versus weekly. So I had a day up my sleeve with the actors and when the thunderstorm came in, that was very handy. Uh, so what we experienced, um, we were shooting in Kaipo in the Adelaide Hills and using a famous winemaker, Jeff Hardy's reception facility as our unit base where all the cast and crew you know, we were able to use their uh, luxurious toilet facilities for, you know, for hair and makeup and change rooms and such. And Jeff told me that he'd been at the property nearly 30 years and I think there was a downpour of 10 millimetres of rain in an hour, which oh broke God. the previous record. And I think during the, uh, during the night, there was about an inch of rain and there was a lightning strike quite close to where we were shooting that um, split a tree with mm. a trunk that was almost a, a metre across. <laughs> so, um, Violent. Violent. Yes. Yeah, so, 
Yeah, and so if on a feature film production you'll have contingencies and completion guarantees, and you know there there are the kind of safety mechanisms that will ensure that the film will be delivered. But on a short film, you don't have those mechanisms, and a lot of the crew were working gratis, so that means that they're not obliged to come back the next day to finish the film. So as a producer, you you do have uh, a tendency to be a pessimist and so the worst case scenarios start flashing through my head and that's where you are glad that you've got you know your insurance coverage in place because you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars of camera sound and electrical equipment lighting basically in a field on a country on a dirt country road and uh, a flood of almost biblical proportions uh, rains down literally on the uh, on the uh, cast and crew so the worst case scenarios did literally like the lightning flash into my mind at that point where you you start thinking to yourself, are we going to be able to deliver this film? What's it going to cost to bring everybody back the next day? What kind of costs are going to be involved in hiring equipment for an additional day? All those kind of things, they were major concerns to me at that point in time. So, so Michael... When you said you went off to a suburban accounting office and then you made your way back to film, you can see it's the challenge, isn't it? You, you're thoroughly taken by the uh, filmmaking bug, aren't you? Oh, definitely. Um, the analogy that I use is up to this point in time uh, where some of my you know, close friends who I studied business with at university are, um, are partners in... Um, financial accounting firms or, or chartered accountants and, uh, you know, quite well off financially. Uh, the analogy that I like to use is that, uh, you know, uh, filmmaking is a habit and much like, uh, say, if I was a drug addict, I'm addicted to the highs that come with the, uh, when you do get the festival accolades and even just... Um, the rush that you get when you are on set and you have been able to assemble, you know, a fantastic cast and crew. Um, so um, as my career goes on, I, um, I do try to have a moment on set where I just get behind the monitor and just absorb and appreciate um, that moment. I think there's an Orson Welles quote that I'm going to butcher, but it's worth to the effect that you know, you spend most of your time trying to get films up in development and finance and very little time on set. So when I am on set, I do try to savour those moments. Well, thank you very much for your time, Michael, and enjoy basking in the uh, Berlin Film Festival sun. Oh, thank you very much, and uh, I'll be uh, doing what I can to further my feature film productions at the market. So... Um, yeah, so it won't be all uh, won't be all beer and pretzels. <laughs> oh well, we wouldn't wouldn't want you to have any fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thanks, mate. That comes later. Yeah, Michael Clarkin off at uh, Berlin Film Festival and also the international film market. So that's what a person who lives and breathes putting together. Uh, film productions at a, a, a fairly high level. Coming up next is uh, Published or Not, 
In fact, I think this might be their first program for the year. Maybe not. But anyway, uh, I'll go out with uh, a lovely song by Kate Figger. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.